So here we are we're on Wednesday in another week of Rebuilding Business, a series of interviews with phenomenal entrepreneurs and leaders in their field to help you to learn from their outstanding experience. So as you know, we're posting bite-sized coffee break interviews each day. Today we're on day three and we've got Britain's best boss, Chris Brindley, MBE with us. Chris has led many a phenomenal household brand from NatWest to British Gas and Metro Bank and is now an acclaimed NED and chair in business and in sport. Uh, also, Chris is the chair of the Rugby League World Cup 2021, so I know there'll be plenty of you cheering about that. Brilliant to have you with us. A really pragmatic leader, you, Chris. That's your reputation, isn't it? Uh, I'd like to think so. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a guru, I'm a practitioner, uh, but it is underpinned by some of the great examples, case studies and research about how high performing teams and how high performing individuals uh, achieve their success. Now, we talked on Monday quite a bit about rugby league and obviously what's coming up next year, which is really exciting. And you work across a number of sports. I'd really like to just throw in uh, straight to start off with what's the correlation between high performing teams in sport and in business and what can business learn from sport? We could do hours on that, that Lily. Well, let, let me just share a, a simple model with you um, that I use in business and sport. And, and the model is known as RICES. So that's the word rice with an S on the end. And let me just um, share what that, that is. The R stands for recruitment. Uh, just take time as a business to understand your recruitment process. Um, what do you recruit against? I've seen many businesses recruit against technical skills and actually not actually check whether or not people are values led. Uh, in sport, I've seen people be signed on big contracts. And the minute you walk in the change room, you sort of know this person's trouble. Yeah. The sad thing is you've got a three-year contract. Um, whereas really understanding what you recruit against, it's not just technical skill. It should be about values. Um, and, and actually, I tend to err more on recruiting for attitude and then training for skill yeah. rather than having well-educated, well-trained people who've got bad, uh, bad attitude, bad teamwork, bad timekeeping and everything else because that, that ruins the team. So the R stands for recruitment. I stands for induction. And I, and I would love to just go and view people's induction programme uh, for new starters in their business. Often it's, there's your laptop. There's the toilets, crack on. That's not an induction. Induction should be really talking about the why you're here, um, the, the, the behavioral framework, the values, the commitment to customer excellence. It should be everything about what is the DNA of the business and shouldn't take five minutes. In, in, indeed, it should take days um, to get absolutely people understanding what it is about our business that matters. So induction is really important. The C stands for competence. Often when I look at businesses, they, they have a, an average R, uh, a below average I, and then I'm gonna say, what's your competence? What's your pathway for getting people from induction into being the best version of them, which is consistent and competent performance? They don't have a pathway. In sport, we have pathways. We, we understand that we can spot somebody at the age of 9, 10, 11 and actually map out a really clear pathway to get that individual into the first team. Um, and, and, and everybody, therefore, in business should have a development plan. 
this, is the, this is one thing that drives me bonkers because the oh. amount of companies I go into and I say, what's your development budget? What's your training budget? And they say, yeah, and they're doing the bare minimum. It's like forklift. They, yes, they do the forklift. Yes, they do the health and safety. But actually, what are the things that's going to get the best behaviours? Yeah. And it really helped that person to elevate themselves and they don't have it. Do you, do you find that experience too? It is, Lily. And, and isn't it bonkers that the first thing to go in a crisis is the training and development budget? Yeah. It's just absolutely nuts. You need your people to be better in a crisis, uh, not going backwards. And, and I remember there's a great phrase from somebody who I admire called Peter Thompson. Um, and, and he was once challenged about spending money on staff development. And his boss said to him, what if we train all these people and spend lots of money and they leave? Yeah. <laughs> what if we don't and they stay? The flash. What, what if I don't train and they stay? Yeah. So, so the C is competence. I think then there are people that aspire to excellence and, and that might be personal growth and taking leadership roles on. And, and I'd love to see what your investment plan is for those people that want to be uh, leaders in your business or go to the higher levels because training shouldn't just be internal. It should be external as well. Exposure to other businesses. So conferences and things like that. So we have an excellence plan and that might be from going from a club into playing for your country. So really understanding how people can grow uh, to new levels for them. And then the S stands for succession. I'm a great believer in supporting people that want to leave my organisation. And people go, Chris, that's nuts. No, no, no. They, they actually will understand that our organisation then is a great place to grow people that can go to other organisations. But people remember where they, were, where they got their, their excellence from and often they come back. Also, yeah. sometimes they don't even leave. They just know I will continue to invest in them. So I ask people to look at their RICES model and just think about, is it, is it as the best it can be or are there areas where you can grow your people? I was working with a, another phenomenal entrepreneur yesterday when I was working with these six managing directors who, who came in to speak. You know, it's kind of guy that would start with a three million pound business and sell when it was a 250 million pound business. Really phenomenal. And he talked about it. This is Roy Newey. He talked about it as being trains at the station, that people get on your train and you're the driver of the train at certain stations. But actually, as your business grows, there are certain stops where they really should get off and they should get off with a golden handshake to say, you've come as far as you can with this train. Now it's the chance. It's like when you've got the bookkeeper and then it moves on to then you've got a financial manager and then you've got a controller and then you've got an FD. And it should always be that recognition that we've gone as far as we can. Thank you for bringing our business this far. And now it is time that we bring somebody else on board. And that's also as a managing director or a CEO, recognising when it's time to get off your own train. Really crucial, isn't it? Well, Lily, at Metro Bank, we used to talk about as we grew, uh, you had the opportunity to get a bigger job. But yeah. actually, your skill set might not have been to, to be able to take that bigger job. That's yeah. OK. So then you get a boss. Um, yeah. And actually, if you choose not then to live the values, you get to leave. So yeah. I'm really clear as a business grows, you, you have the opportunity to grow into that role. Um, but it's not a given. You have to earn it. Secondly, um, you will be occasions where you get a boss because your skill set isn't uh, the, the right one to take on to the next level. Or if you don't live the values, you get to work for somebody else. Yeah. In their business. Yeah. So it's absolutely <laughs> right. And, and again, what's important when you talk about that train, and I use the train analogy, um, I've got off many trains 
but I had a real passion for making sure that that train that I've got off, uh, I've led, continues brilliantly yeah. um, after I've got off it. And I see lots of bosses that take great pleasure in seeing a business they were part of fail later down the line. Um, I sit there and say, well, you must be part of that because yeah. you didn't leave it in a good enough state for it to continue on the journey. So that, that, those stories by Roy are absolutely spot on. Good, 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 good job. Um, now, we're just a little little chat about the sport and the work analysis, uh, analogy, the business analogy again. Uh, obviously, we've got an advantage in sport, whether it's rugby, whether it's football, hockey, netball, whatever it is that we're doing. We, we win trophies and we win games or we don't win trophies and we don't win games. So there's a really clear goal and there's a really clear measure of how well you're doing. How can businesses learn from that and, and you know, drive some of the lessons that we learn in sport into business in terms of that clarity? Uh, I think we all have a cause, whether it's on the pitch to win a game um, or, or whether it's uh, a business serving customers, we all should have a cause. Uh, and I'm, I'm a great believer in creating uh, what our cause is. And I think I said earlier this week, Lily, Simon Sinek talking about the why. Hmm. Secondly, um, you, you don't have to play sport to have pride in your badge. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I think understanding what your badge might be, and that's your brand, in effect. And it's amazing how I know uh, how a business operates by listening to people on buses or trains or trams, and they're absolutely slagging off the organisation that pays them the wages. The sad thing is the same marketing department in that same company is trying to spend millions or hundreds of thousands attracting me. So I talk to people about pride in the badge, um, mm -hmm. And often in businesses, we create a badge for people to wear. And I ask what it means to wear that badge. Uh, and, and I want people to have pride in it. And then finally, I talk about how we operate as a team. Because ultimately, as I said earlier, there was the same business there with two people chatting and, and really slaughtering the organisation that they work for. And then there's somebody else trying to get new customers in. So I talk about how we work. Because often I see, see a sales function and an operations function in the same business falling out. And yeah. that's just crazy because the customers don't pay you to have fights with each other. You pay you to serve and the yeah. competitors look at you. And if you're, you've got no pride in the badge, you don't care about your cause and you don't work well as a team, well, the competition doesn't have to worry about you because you're not going to be successful. So whether it's sport or business, I think there's lots to learn. And my last point is um, we have a personal best culture in sport. Mm -hmm. There's nothing stopping any business having a personal best culture and celebrating the, the steps along the way to victory because the victory is just a moment. Often it's the journey along the way. And I know you'll have lots of your uh, businesses, your MDs, that absolutely tell you that the journey is better than the destination. Yeah. And it's yeah. so proud to be part of that team and that company. So sport and business, don't matter which it is, there's still an opportunity to be the very best you can be. And, and I think it's it's really critical, isn't it, when you're on that journey, particularly if we look at how people have had to pivot and how much change has, has happened this year as a result of COVID, that we don't forget to stop along the journey and, and go, wow, look at how far we've come. Yeah. You know, yes, it's still hard because it is flipping tough in a lot of businesses at the moment. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, we're still really stretched. Yes, we're having to do more often with less because we furloughed certain people and, and yeah, we're not sure um, where our next client's coming from. But we got to stop and just do that flag up and go, well done. Do you know what? We, we know we're still on a journey, but look at where we were and look at where we are now. I think that's really critical for me. Oh, Lily, absolutely spot on. And, and, and whether it's COVID years or non-COVID years, 
I ask a question about an individual uh, leader and I say, what's your culture? And the culture is either, uh, we never miss an opportunity to tell somebody when they've done it wrong. Mm-hmm. I prefer cultures where they never miss an opportunity to tell people when they've done it right, because that's the culture I want, which is not taking people for granted, not assuming, um, thanking everybody for their commitment. And, and in performance, you see people uh, performing at high levels and people who are not performing at high levels. But for somebody who perhaps has practiced the craft for 20 years, I expect them to perform at a high level. Whereas somebody who joined the business yesterday, the fact that their numeric contribution might be less, it might be their personal best. Let's yeah. celebrate that personal best. Because you know what they typically do? Go out and create another one. So it'll be one today, two tomorrow, three the day after. And eventually they'll become a top performer. So it's recognising performance, um, not in, in isolation, but actually compared to where people are on their journey. So you spot on. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Now, now we're really fortunate to work with a wide range of businesses that aren't letting COVID block the growth intentions that they have. Uh, to those businesses that are doing well, what's the one piece of advice that you give to help them to keep moving up to the next level and the next level beyond? Uh, don't get complacent. Um, we've talked earlier this week about Pestle, about SWAT. Um, we've talked about how things change um, and therefore it's always having uh, an eye on the future. Of course, you want to celebrate the present, but I always believe that performance is a temporary state. Um, if it's not going well at the moment, it can get better. If it's going really well, it can get worse. So being consistent in your performance, well, that is having an eye on the future. I know we're going to talk about that later this week as well. Um, but yeah, celebrate your success, but don't think it lasts forever because Woolworths, uh, Toys R Us, uh, Kodak, Monarch, people like that, they were all at the top of the game. Sadly, they're no longer with us. Right. And, and uh, that's a great place to leave today. So thanks ever so much, Chris. I'll see you in the morning. Have a great day. Cheers, Lily. Have a great afternoon. Take care. Take care.